The Juice Crew is synonymous with Queensbridge. Is that also where you're from? Yes, I'm from Queensbridge, 4117 Vernon Boulevard. I actually lived in Marley Mall, the building. He lived on the sixth floor and I lived on the second floor. Do you remember what age you met Marley Mall? Probably was like eight, nine years old because I used to hang out with his nephew. What was he like, you know, before the music stuff? Well, ever since I've known him, he was in the music. He was like a DJ around the way. He was like one of the most famous DJs in the hood. And you used to hear him DJing from my window. And when I first started, I was a pop locker. We was in a break dance crew. Wow. And I remember once, like, you know, he had a video camera. And that was like when somebody having a video camera was almost like having a TV studio. And he did this video for us. And then we went to do this talent show. And I was like the worst guy in the group. And they kind of kicked me out the group. So I decided to rap in the talent show. And I came in second place. Wow. There's six floors in each building in Queensbridge, and the elevator stop on the first, third, sixth floor. But he always took the steps. Hmm. So I used to wait for him to come down the steps, and I'd just be begging on the baddest of rapping and just trying to get his attention. And then one day he came to me and he's like, yo, they got an idea for the song. And we went to the studio. And the funny thing about it was I just rapped. I didn't know how to do a song. So I went to the studio and pretty much rapped for like five minutes. And MC Shad had to like help me break down song like rhymes into like separate verses. Wow. And how old were they at the time? Because you were like around 12 when you cut your first record, yeah, well, right? I mean, they were probably like maybe seven, eight, nine years older than me. Wow. We touched on it a little bit earlier in the conversation, but it's just phenomenal that you were born in the same year as like Notorious B.I.G. and Nas, right? Yeah. And these are artists that debuted in the early 90s while you debuted yeah. in like 1985, right? Um, yeah, yeah. I, I just looked it up as well and like Eminem was born like a year before you he's somebody that debuted in like 97 right like he, yeah. he started kind of getting a buzz back then 97 98 and then obviously came yeah. out in 99 which was like 15 years after you you know I guess the one question I have with that was um, if there was any downside into uh, you know premiering as an artist at such a young age well the only downside was was that you know they didn't take it as seriously as they took it at the times when they came out which is pretty much no one's fault you know what I mean it's just pretty much what it was you know when I made my first record people still thought it wasn't gonna last and then like I didn't really get to do my first album so like years later only because I was so young I, my mother was big on education so like when you see like the early Juice Crew stuff you don't see me around because my mother was not having me go out to a show on a Wednesday night at 12, 13, 14 years old right that's pretty understandable yeah. Speaking of like the 90s and stuff like that, you kind of reinvented yourself um, or it at least seemed like that, you know, from a distance. You had a reputation as being one of the best freestyle and battle rappers, you know. Um, did that always come naturally to you? Is that something you were always doing in the 80s? Well, or? That, that's how I started, yeah. You know, like I said, like when I made my first record, I didn't know how to make a song. I just was rapping. Okay, and so it was all off the top? Well, yeah, pretty much. What happened was is that after my experiences with those labels in particular, like Cold Chillin' and Atlantic Records where things didn't go the way I wanted it, I was actually going to walk away from it all until I found out about the independent game. I remember somebody, like, I was all depressed about it. Like, you know, I, I, I went through the whole why not me phase. I was depressed about it. And somebody was like, listen, man, you got a name and there's a way you can do this yourself. I remember it was probably like 96. I put my first independent record out. I think I spent like $200 on studio time and I made like 40 grand. Wow. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on a second here. This is the back doorway into, into being able to do this and to be able to, you know, 
people like Newbie from before and to garner new fans. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And ever since then, like, like to me, the way the reason I'm so stuck with the underground is because to me, I feel like it saved my career. And speaking of which, like underground, you know, obviously an artist that you collaborated with on Eight Mile, right? Did you write all or a lot of the lyrics of all the opposing MCs that Eminem was facing in that movie? Well, I wrote all of them, but some of them came in and changed their lives or whatever. Because some of them were actually rappers, but I didn't mind it because my check didn't change. Right. So, you know, it was kind of dope. And then what happened was, I'll never forget it, it was like New Year's Day. And I went to like a New Year's Eve party. I got wasted. I lost my ID. I had a two-way pager back then, and Paul Rosenberg hit me and was like, yo, you want to come to Detroit? And I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, bet. And then I got out there, and he was like, yo, I need you to coach some of these actors on the mannerisms of battling and all that. That's how I wound up on the DVD. Wow. And uh, did you meet those guys just, you know, through the battle circuit, or how'd you meet them? Well, actually, long story short is that the battle that Eminem was in when he left his team and Dre found it in the garage, I was actually a judge in that battle. Oh, wow. Olympics. Was it Juice? Or who was he battling? No, it was Otherwise. Okay. And he won the battle, and I remember being AC alone had a disagreement because he was judging his old artist, and I thought Eminem won. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, like, you know, I met Paul and I met Em during that time. Wendy Day had won me out. And I had met Paul and Em, and then, weird, weirdly enough, Eminem and Paul's lawyer was my lawyer. I'm not the most social guy, but like I like Eminem. He gave me a, co- a copy of Infinite. I remember going back to the hotel and listening to it, and it's like, this dude is dope. So after that, every time I seen him, I had like something encouraging to say to him. I was like, yo, man, you dope, you know, and I guess we never really spoke about it, but I guess he remembered all of that. And I'm sure he respected you as an artist because he had been watching you for a decade yeah. prior to that, right? It's like, yeah. But you know, you know what's crazy? Like years later, I moved to Vegas for like a few years. I was on the radio in Vegas and I was doing all all these clubs in Vegas and I remember he came out there and this is when he was like at the top of his thing and I remember he had this big party inside like a suite in the palms and this all type of stuff going on everybody partying and me and him were sitting in the corner talking about the battle and was still hurt about losing that battle he was like yo man i had to go back to detroit i was like yo man i said well at the end of the day you won man. right <laughs> right right <laughs> so wow um have you had a chance to listen to any of his uh, latest music uh, i heard a few joints from the new albums my thing my thing with the the newer stuff is beats yeah eminem is always gonna be a top tier mc you know it's just my cup of tea that i like back stuff and you know right i, I know the reason why he strays away from it on occasion and you know right how he makes it more musical but that's just a matter of my opinion it's not like i think it's terrible it's just that like i said i i, I like musically i didn't like it. okay yeah so. i'm with you on that um and then yeah. speaking of your new album uh, i rap and go home i think it's incredibly dope man i was listening to it today again just all the beats the lyrics obviously you have really good features uh probably my favorite line was uh, probably came from Razkaz where he said put a bitcoin in your ass because you played yourself right yeah um yeah. and even the artwork uh was it the same artist that did the last two um uh, yeah, covers for you. That's my man Illis. He did um, um, Ramblings of the Angry Old Man cover too. He's actually an artist himself, and he's done um, like the Public Enemy comic. Wow. Like, and uh, how'd that album come together? What's your process when you're putting albums together? But when, when I rap and go home, what happened was I'm into the sneaker culture. One of my friends that owns a sneaker store in Long Island. Um, I wound up just hanging out with him a lot. 
I, and he was like, yo, I do beats. And I was like, word? And, you know, like, the way I do music is kind of organic. So I just, like, hanging out at his crib, you know, burning trees or whatever, just chilling. Started playing beats, and I just started writing. And when he looked up, there was, like, eight songs done already. Wow. Yeah, you're one of the artists that are on top of, you know, freestyling and writing, man. It's kind of a rarity. Why do you think that is? Why do you think a lot of, like, some of the well, best I'll freestylers be can't you, do like, it? a lot of closed-minded people still think that my writing abilities don't match my freestyle abilities and hmm. i kind of shied away from freestyling only because it kind of pigeonholed okay i thought it was unfair when i had the battle with supernatural everybody was like oh well he can freestyle but he can't make records but i had dropping science you already had records songs out that were considered classics in some circles i felt it was an unfair assessment right you know so i kind of shied away from it i mean i still do it on my own time you know what i mean but to me having an idea for a song writing it going to the studio recording it and hearing it back and it coming out just the way you had it in your head is way more important you know there's been a lot of talk about a juice crew documentary um do you yeah. foresee something like that happening in in the future and and if so do you think that would uh change your life in any way and you know and like like as far as making music it's all organic like you know in the past year and some change we just started doing shows with all of us together it wasn't a matter of getting along or nothing like that it was just everybody has their own thing going on right it's like opposite from the wu-tang we were all our own individual artists as well as members of the juice crew it wasn't like we came out as the juice crew and everybody split up into their thing so these shows that we're doing are coming out great we just did one last week in philly it was pretty much sold out we went overseas did all the shows at great turnouts and you know we're just easing into it nobody's like jumping out the window to go hey we got to do this right now right you know what i mean because everyone keeps themselves busy by doing their own thing do you have anything else you want to add i'm working on some new music I, I don't have a title for the album yet but you know we'll have it out before the end of the year and you know catch me at ophelia's on thursday march 1st man with cool keith we're gonna show out <laughs>